the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Let's start out with a couple of things to think about. I'm, I'm thinking about integrity today. Whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted with important matters. Albert Einstein. Integrity is doing the right thing, even when no one is watching. The greatness of a man is not how much wealth he acquires, but his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively. That was Bob Marley. If you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. I can't remember who said that. <laughs> anyway, we always talk about our webpage, so uh, let's talk about our webpage. You know, if you go to WHK1420 AM and go to local podcasts, go down to the Smart Investor Show, it'll take you right to my webpage. Make it easy on you. Because <laughs> I, I can never remember the web the address to my webpage anyway. So, uh, But look, if you're a business owner, you're talking about selling your business or you're transitioning it to your son or daughter, we've got a great package. It's called the Business Owner's Guide to Transition Planning. And believe me, we've helped some uh, business owners sell their business for a lot more than what private equity is offering. So be careful out there. Also, interest rates are low. How long will they stay low? You know, a savvy investor's credit workbook is a good idea right now. And then you can always get our dividend growth portfolio or our prime income list or our ADR list. Uh, the international stocks are starting to get hot. Also, we have our all-cap portfolio. That's small capitalization stocks, mid-cap capitalization stocks, and large-cap capitalization stocks. Uh, all good. And then our just our, strictly our small-cap stocks, which we there's been several of those we've hit home runs with this year. Uh, <laughs> matter of fact, there's been numerous ones we've hit uh, home runs with this year. And I think the market's spreading out a little bit, so we'll see what happens. So. Um, you know, uh, first of all, I, I, according to the Fed, during the April-June quarter, the value of household stock portfolios rose to $5.7 trillion. Uh, values grew $500 billion. The amount of money in checking accounts jumped 33% to $1.8 trillion, and savings accounts to 6.1% to $11 trillion. There is no interest on either one of those. Savings accounts, I believe, have a half a percentage point, so big deal. The world's internet population is growing significantly year over year. As of April 20th, or April 20th of 2020, the internet reached 59% of the world's population and now represents 4.57 billion people. That's a 6% increase just from January of 2019. The data from the Fed Consumer Credit Panel compiled, uh, compiled by the Wall Street Journal, student loan debt in the U.S. has surged by 350% in the 17 years. Of course, if Schumer has his way, they're going to pay it all off. The government is anyway. All right, so a uh, couple things. Next week, we are bumped. 
for sure. All right. So uh, if you're looking for your stock information, you're going to have to look somewhere else. Um, my clients don't have to worry about it, though. And then on the 5th and the 12th, we may be bumped. So if you don't hear from me for three weeks, you know why? They're going to have basketball on, I believe. So, uh, you know, I don't make those decisions. They do. The good news is uh, I have the weekend off for next weekend. And the bad news is you don't got any information. So sorry about that. But that's the way it works sometimes. All right. Uh, so, look, um, one of the big problems with being retired right now is there's a very challenging path forward for yields, okay? As a potential catalyst, to a higher yield environment continue to disappear. We, are, uh, we see a gradual, highly muted path ahead over the long run and with some potential near-term volatility, but that's it. So sovereign yields in the U.S. and, the, and globally have remained largely stagnant since um, the March lows. And they're struggling to move materially higher, but November was supposed to be bring a number of catalysts, particularly in the U.S. They had the potential to change that. Two of the major catalysts was the prospects for fiscal expansion on the presidential election results and some positive developments on COVID. Uh, but the vaccine front are now seemingly you know, priced out of the market and mostly in, into the market, respectively. Not only has the benchmark 10-year treasury failed to break above the 1% level for what could be the first time since March. It's also pulled back to some of the lowest levels we've seen in weeks. So it's very difficult, uh, you know, to to go forward uh, as an investor, uh, you know, like with the, the standard portfolio or financial plan, it was a 60-40 portfolio, 60% stock, 40% bonds and cash, okay? I don't see that happen. Now, I did look at the point and figure chart this week, and, and the TYX, which is the 30-year Treasury, so the, the, if we have steepened a little bit on the curve, is if it were to break 1.8%, I think that would break the downtrend line dating back several years, which would be very positive for those people who invest in yield. However, I'm not sure about that because if you look at the LQD, which is the, one of the large ETFs for bonds, $1.4 billion or trillion dollars was, was exited out of there. 78% of those people took a loss. That's a lot of cash. $1.4 trillion exited the LQD. $1.4 trillion left, and they took a loss on it. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Okay. So uh, for you out there who are, Yield investors, it's going to be tough for a while. So the 60-40 portfolio as a financial planner probably is not going to work. All right. And the chances are with interest rates at all-time lows, if interest rates go up, bond prices go down, your principal could be at risk. And by the way, if you, you wonder why they ch uh, charge you a penalty when you leave a CD, that's the reason. Because they don't know what they're they're making sure that the market doesn't go against them. That's how banks think, okay? All right, so this is a live show. If you have a question, you give us a call. The number here is 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. You know, um, I, I was starting to look at my clientele, and I noticed something. About 40% of my clientele are women. And, you know... Look, I think women have be 
have emerged as a economic powerhouse. Uh, they're controlling and inheriting a lot more money. I, I think you know they they now control more money than men, which is still nothing wrong with that. Um, one of the things I found is, is two things. Number one, uh, women are very bright people. <laughs> my wife is a very bright woman. My daughter's a very bright woman. My sister-in-law's are very bright. My sisters are very bright. And, and they are doing things that are, are very creative and doing, you know, doing them economically, creatively, you know? Uh, so they've done a great job. So what we've done is we've come out with a workbook for women. Should have done it 20 years ago, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, so what we have is a practical guide to help you think about your financial health and identify actionable steps that you can take to build more confidence in your, in your plans for tomorrow. If you'd like one of these, you know where to get them, WHK1420. Uh, go down to the local podcast, down to uh, the Smart Investor Show, Tim Hayes. There's, especially if you go to Insights. Uh, Insights has all these contact me, email me. And by the way, there's a lot of stuff uh, about women investing on that page. It's, it, I think it's really good stuff. So uh, we'll take it from there. Okay. So um, I, I was thinking about the vaccines a little bit. And, um, you know, look, we had, uh, we had two different positive announcements come out of vaccine makers. Number one, Pfizer said that their vaccine is 90% you know, good. And now they, now it's 94.5%. And then Moderna's came out and said it was 95%. So it'll be interesting. The Fed, Fed Reserve, I mean, I'm sorry, the FDA will be talking to these people on December 10th, and we'll see if they get emergency approval. Uh, that'll be the fastest we've ever put together a um, uh, an approval for a vaccine ever, which I think is phenomenal. And, you know, it, We've been cracking on the healthcare industry forever, all right? Prices are too high. I think, I think Monday, uh, Mr. Trump's going to talk about uh, pricing and drugs and all that good stuff right before he leaves, which is one of his, his campaign promises, by the way. But the, I think the key is, is that here they are extending our lives. They're literally extending our lives, and we're cracking on it. You know, they make a profit. That sometimes happens. You, you know, you're allowed to make a profit in this world. Uh, food companies do it. Car companies do it. Internet companies do it. You know, and I'm not so sure the internet companies are all, you know, looking after our goodwill either. So, uh, anyway, the question is, what will happen to the biotech world? And I think this is important because a lot of biotech trials and a lot of drug trials have been put on hold. And the reason is, is nobody wants to come in and have the drug you know, put it, put in their bodies. I mean, Keytruda, Merck, Merck is seeing some, you know, sell off in Keytruda because it takes an hour to in, install it into the body. Okay. So I think that's the problem, but I, I think this will be a big positive also for the biotech industry and also the drug industry. So, uh, I mean, look, I, I think there's big positives for not only people making the vaccines and the drugs that are helping, you know, the lilies, the gilliads of the world, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have there's lethal diseases that they're testing that will probably get more tests coming forward. So I think the vaccines could do big, big things for us. And we'll we'll leave it at that. So uh, I, I, I've seen something in the charts 
and I've seen it for a while and I, I put some people into them and then they, all these stocks pop. So I'll talk about them. I'm not recommending them at this point. I, they pop. There is one I think looks fantastic. I looked out, I looked at the charts this morning. I think it looks fantastic. I'm going to buy it Monday. <laughs> and by the way, it's heavy option, ex, uh, option activity on it Friday. So I'm going to buy it Monday, but we are hosting on December 2nd, a virtual forest product conference. It's going to feature 17 of the leading forest product uh, companies in North America. And it'll be an interactive discussion with senior executives in the industry. I think this is going to be really, really good because I think the key topics are going to be really important. Number one, the 2021 outlook. You know, most people are looking beyond 2020 at this point, thank God. Uh, and we expect the key topics of discussion will include management management outlooks for, uh, you know, particular importance, expected dem demand conditions, changes in the industry capacity and inventory levels throughout their respective uh, supply chains. We'll probably look at the impact of COVID, how reopening will impact commodity markets, because the price of lumber has gone through the roof. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we talked about that back in March and how lumber broke out. And I was, maybe it was April. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. You can you look it up yourself. You know, they, they have all the podcasts uh, listed on my on the webpage at WHK. So we also got to look at the capital allocation for the group and the environmental case for far, you know, forest and paper products and see what happens. But I'm telling you, you know, wood products, packaging and tissues are really doing well. Uh, the two areas that have not done as well is, is pulp and paper. So. I think the wood products have been because of, of you know, housing. People, they're building, you know, housing. You didn't notice single-family homes existing was up 4.5% last week. That's big. That's a big number, okay? So they're still building single-family homes away from the city. So we're decentralizing America, which may be good. But this could be a really uh, a positive, positive thing for, uh, I think, for the overall industries that we follow in this group. And, and believe me, there's one that's it's just a beautiful looking chart. Uh, on a point and figure chart, it looks fantastic. You know, uh, big options stuff on Friday. Uh, so I'll be talking about it to my clients on Monday. Uh, you know, sometimes I do my homework, you know, and, and uh, unfortunately the market closes on me. <laughs> so all you clients out there, the reason I haven't talked to you is because I just figured it out just, uh, this morning. So anyway, uh, so that's something to think about. And, uh, you know, look, there's something that happened this week. And, and you know, uh, I, last week I talked about how the American Association of Individual Investors went from a 38% bulls to 55% bulls in a week. And we had $1.4 trillion come out of LQD. I think a lot of that went to the stock market, folks. You know, so you can see, you know, we've, we've made a 14% move. You know how much money's in the money market? $5 trillion. You know how much money has moved from the stock market to the bond market? In 2009, like $7 trillion. You can imagine what happens if that money comes back into the stock market. Whew, lift off. Lift off, folks. So this week, something happened that I thought was very positive, And I, I'll just tell you about it really quick. The positive trend for the Standard Poor's uh, 500 went into the 80s. It went to 84, to be exact. Now, that's happened 11 times. By the way, Seven of those times, it happened in November. Remember, I said not to get bearish in October, at the end of October. The market was in pretty bad shape at that point. And, 
you know, I was telling people, don't get bearish, don't get bearish. And I was right. Lift off, okay? So this has happened 11 times. 10 of them, the market has made a 14.96% move in the next year and a 26.77% move in the next two years. Now, just so you know, the stock market for the last 20 years has been averaging 7.7%. We're talking about a double next year from the normal return. What a thought. Hey, let's take a break. This is the Smart Investor Show. Don't forget, it's alive, so you can call in at 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Hello, Cleveland. My dad grew up in Cleveland. I've lived in Cleveland my whole life, and Cleveland rocks. And as a Cleveland plumber who's the son of a Cleveland plumber, one thing I can tell you is that Cleveland sewer pipes are all made of clay. And those clay pipe sections have seams every three to four feet where roots can grow, cracks can develop, and offsets form, and that causes some nasty clogs. For most clogs, we can cable or jet them out fast and get the water moving. But to really fix the problem properly requires a cable machine, a hydro jetter, a camera, several hours of work, all of which every drain tech does have ready to go so at Wyatt Works we embrace transparency we will bust the clog right away we'll show you on the camera and let you decide if you want to do a band-aid fix or a permanent fix either way the hard-working straight-talking do-it-right drain techs at Wyatt Works have got you covered consider it done at wyattworks.com license number 30185 this week on Larry Morrow's Take Two, we're putting the band back together again, or should I say, putting my old morning show back together with my co-host, Sally Spitz. We spent almost a decade together having fun every single day and making you feel comfortable about turning on your radio in the morning. Conversations with the people who make our town and our world incredible. Saturday morning at 9.30 on 1220 The Word, and Sunday afternoon at 2 on 1420 The Answer. And listen on radio.com. Okay, we're back. Uh-oh. Now let's uh, Jim Morrison sing a little bit. Anyway, this is Tim Hayes, and it's just tuned in. This is Smart Investor Show. You know, and I've been preaching uh, dividend growth investing and, and it, dividends in general for as long as I've been on the radio. I don't know how long that is, but I don't want to even think about it. Uh, but, you know, dividend growth investing should be a core portfolio strategy for you. And uh, I have portfolios that I call uh, dividend growth and zingers. So 85% of the portfolio is dividend growth, high quality names that do well. And then 15% are zingers. Uh, things like Mark Mahaney brings us, or Matt Hedberg, our 
two top rated analysts for the last 10 years or, or Brian Abrams from our biotech group. Uh, you know, biotechs aren't the, you know, biotechs are now dividend growth stocks. <laughs> Believe it or not, there's three of them I can think of that are uh, dynamite dividend growth stocks. But let's take a break for a second because we have Jeremy on the line. Jeremy, how are you? Hey, great. Good afternoon. What's hey, up? Uh, question, for, uh, question for you regarding the S&P 500. I read okay. somewhere recently where, you know, virtually all the S&P's performance in 2020 has been attributed to you know, the top five stocks in the index, and the rest of the index really hasn't done anything. Um, your comments on that? Uh, yeah, I would suggest the, the QQQs are like that too, Jeremy. Um, however, <laughs> I am seeing for the first time in – I think since 2014, I'm seeing small caps break out. I'm seeing the advanced decline line break out. And you know what? The fangs aren't participating. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely correct. Uh, however, things change. You have to. <clears throat> I mean, I've been making more money on small cap and, and industrial stock than I have been on the fang stock for the last three months. I guarantee you that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, I'm seeing. By the way, yeah. I was going to talk. I was going to talk about this, you know, in, in the second half of this uh, section of the show. But I saw, I saw the first time in a long, long time. I saw seven banks or financial stocks break out to a new high, and they weren't Visa and Mastercard. <laughs> so <laughs> things are changing. All right. So things are changing, Jeremy. Uh, that's all I'll say. Are you worried that some of these banks have overexposure to um, underperforming or non-performing debt? I think they they go through a test every uh, every quarter. So if the Fed says they're okay, believe me, they, the Fed's really tightened up on them. That you know they're not allowed to raise their dividends. That's the one mm -hmm. problem with them, you know, because bank banks are dividend stocks. And if they could, I think J.P. Morgan would be at a 5% dividend yield right now. I think Bank America would be a 3.5%. Uh, I think Goldman Sachs would be a 4%, uh, but they're not allowed. Okay? So th they they get it. The Fed gets it. And by the way, mm -hmm. I I'm going to talk about uh, oil stocks in about 10 minutes. So stay tuned. Okay? That's, Very good. That's Thanks for your insight. Worry about. Yeah, no problem, Jerry. Right, thanks, thanks. thanks for calling. Thanks for once again, if you got a question, it's 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. So look, strong long-term returns for dividend stocks are there. 45% of the return of the S&P 500 is dividend stocks. You know, the average stock averages about a 10% return over 100 years. Over 50 years is the same. Stocks have been underperforming for the last 20 years. Bonds have been the big bull market. So we are 3% behind. And I think dividend you know, stocks, which were big in favor during the Obama administration because there wasn't very much growth. So you had to get the dividend involved. And by the way, the Obama administration, the, you know, the growth in, in the S&P was like 6%, okay? So it wasn't that great. Uh, it wasn't that great for actually you know, the, uh, the last, uh, the Bush administration either, the second part of it, or the, the eight years of the Bush administration. So for 16 years, we didn't have that great a return, only 6%. But, you know, statistically, we will come back. 
to that 10% return. So, so we'll have years, like I just talked about, a 14, 15, 20%, okay, uh, to make up. That's how it works. You know, once you go to the first standard deviation, you go to the sixth standard deviation to get back to the third normally. But high quality co companies consistently grow their dividends. This is what you want to have a great deal of your portfolio in. And by the way, their yields are taxed at a lower rate than your CDs and your bonds, okay? So it, I think investors of all types can, can use uh, a value-growing dividend stream. You know, if you're 20, start putting the money away for retirement. You know what's going to happen if you buy, you know, a great company that's growing their dividends 6 to 8% over a 20, 40-year period? You're going to be a very rich person someday, okay? When you're 40, what a great way to come up with extra income when you do retire. If you're retired, what a great way to beat inflation by having the dividends go up on you. Or the prime income list, that, you know, where they're, they're actually paying 4% in that thing right now. So investors value growing dividends and income streams, whether they're private clients like you guys out there or they're in, in institutional clients, okay? So dividend investing is like owning your own rental property. Okay, because they're going to get their six to eight percent. Now, dividend payouts have stabilized after the recent cuts. So we had a, a once in a lifetime or once in a generation, we'll call it, situation occur. So I think you got to remember that uh, the dividend growth stocks right now are a very attractive valuation. All right. So uh, if you look at the equity dividend versus the ten-year yield, equity is the way to go. It's it's simple as that. Uh, so I'll, I'll just I'll just leave it with that. Dividend growth is a, is a way to go, and you should pay close attention. So, anyway, here's a couple things I've seen, and uh, I'm gonna just talk about. You know, I'm just throwing stuff out at you, okay? So, look, I looked at this all the the charts uh, this week, and um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I looked at the Dow, and I looked at um, the S&P and the QQQs, those are the three. Now, the, the Dow and the S&P broke out and stayed above it. So they've pulled back and they stayed above, you know, the breakout. And, and I think it's 3520 in, in the S&P 500. And I think it's like 20, well, I'll just call it 29,000 on the, on the Dow. Now, the QQQs, on the other hand, have made a series of lower highs. I don't think this is, you know, and this is, gets back to Jeremy's question about, uh, you know, the FANG stocks. Look, they went straight up, okay? And and then in, right into the end of August, you know, and then Apple split, Tesla split. I don't know why, you know, what's the economic benefit of a split other than you have more shares. But look, Tesla broke out to a new high last week, okay? It added to the S&P 500. I, you know, Apple is not a terrible chart. Uh, Amazon's not a terrible chart. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, one of the things that I, I talked to Jeremy about was the oil market. And I look at the XLE, which is the Spider uh, S&P 500 New York uh, Energy Group. And, you know, back in November, the first part of November, it was sitting around 27 bucks. And then one day it was at 29 and a gap opened the next day to, to a little bit over 32. And then four days later, it gapped up to 35. Those are called runaway gaps usually after a long decline. So I think oil, you know, uh, look, if the uh, if the dollar continues to, you know, get lower, 
Oil will come back. Gold will come back. Copper is already up 10%. I talked about it breaking out over 3 bucks just two months ago. It was 330 on Thursday. Okay. So the USO, which is another ETF, you know, has some resistance at 29 and a half. But it breaks through there. Things could get interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out. All right. Uh, you know, look, I'm not recommending any of this stuff. I'm just saying that these are some of the things I'm seeing. Now, the other thing that, you know, you know, I go back to John Templeton and, uh, you know, I, I had lunch with John, uh, Sir John, and he, he was a really excellent guy. Uh, this is when I was living in Chicago and I was working for another firm. And uh, and, and he was a delightful man, not only, not only delightful, but you knew he was full of integrity. Uh, he always said the right thing. He never uh, cut anybody down. But he always said this, as I recall, bull markets are born on pessimism, grow on skepticism, mature on optimism, and die in euphoria. And uh, by the way, he told us at lunch that day, that's a short-term outlook and a long-term outlook. So long-term, I'm still in the camp where there's too much money in the money market and there's too much money in the bond market. And when will peak, when the when the you know, secular bull market will peak was when that money will come back in. Okay. I, I said that in 2000, I'll say it again uh, when it happens, but it's not today. However, if you look at the long-term bulls and the, and the bull spread, the short-term bulls are still not up there. The long-term bulls are there. And usually that tells me that, you know, Hey, we got to pay a little bit more attention. Uh, you know, look, small cap advanced decline line looks great. Uh, the mid cap advanced decline line looks great. Everything looks great, you know, and that's usually where you you gotta start to think about things. Okay, so I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I realize, but I think we're in a secular bull market, and uh, you know, I just think, look, um, I got, I think I got one minute. So uh, if you look at the pandemic highs, okay, the laggards are breaking out. I talked about this for a month. Epicenter stock. Carnival Cruise Lines is up almost 70%, okay? Uh, so, And I think this is going to continue for a while. And look, the hotel index gapped up about three weeks ago. Uh, and, and so I think this is something that you have to pay very close attention to. Uh, to. Uh, but look, I also think sometimes you have to change lanes. You know, uh, if you're strictly in those stocks that Jeremy talked about, maybe you have to switch. Uh, you know, uh, I think... You know, if I look at the XLK, which is the technology things, it's it's uh, if I plotted against the S&P 500, it broke the uptrend line. However, if I looked at the equal weight technology index, it looks great. All right. Hey, let's take a break. This is the Smart Investor Show. If you have a question, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. Lately something's changed, it ain't hard to define. Listen to us anywhere, including Radio.com. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. 
We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. No one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish. Our mother was born in poverty to sharecroppers. She was living the American nightmare. So for us, the American dream meant not only the freedom to find love and follow our faith. Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in and what led us to rebel against that world. And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers and how you can reach others too. You've seen us. And you've heard us. Now read all about us in Uprising. Uprising, the new book by Diamond and Silk, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Pastors, did you miss hearing Tony Evans at our online virtual pastors appreciation event? Or John MacArthur, Chuck Swindoll, Sam Rodriguez, and other ministry leaders? Alan Jackson in Tennessee said, We usually build a plan for the year and then figure out the best way to implement it. And this year does not look like what we planned. You can still hear all of them, along with musical guests, by logging on to our virtual pastors appreciation event free. Watch it on demand now at whkradio.com keyword pastors. Okay, we're back. You just tuned in. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And and I mentioned something to Jeremy, so I uh, Jeremy, I'm following through on this. I mentioned something about the financial sector. Uh, or maybe that was the, 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 the situation before. But look, over the past several weeks, I've been talking about the widening out of the market. I've been talking about small caps. I've been talking about industrials. I've been talking about a lot of things. And, and um, so one area in the, is the financial sector, which is proved you know, both on a major asset allocation tools like Dorsey Wright, our friends uh, in, in Virginia, uh, their dynamic asset level investing group. Uh, and, and also, uh, I, I think it ranks seventh out of the 11 broad sectors tools. Now, look, uh, it's not a sector to overweight by any means. I think it's one you've got to pay attention to. But it's gained 20 signals since the end of October. Folks, it's, it's only the 21st, <laughs> right? We're hanging. We're going into Thanksgiving. But so, look, a sound proxy for the, uh, the financial sector, I think, is the XLF. And it did break uh, a double top and then break a spread double top. Uh, just this la- last couple of weeks. And what I think is important, uh, uh-oh, my system just went down. Hold on. Um, anyway, what I think is important is the uh, uh, the fact that uh, we're, we're looking at a scenario where uh, the, the XLF has broken out uh, and uh, we're in a situation where I think what we're looking at is a scenario where the overall uh, group is moving forward and the fund score is moving forward. And also, the, uh, if we look, at the, um, uh, we look at the improvement of the fund score, it's even better. All right. So uh, things are getting interesting there. And uh, 
Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. My, uh, my internet went down, folks. Uh, anyway, um, the, uh, the, the, I guess the key here is, is that uh, what we're looking at is a scenario where I think that uh, the, the financial stocks are going to move forward slowly but surely, and it'll be interesting. Now, we've had a couple of uh, situations where uh, they have fallen behind, okay? Uh, and they keep peaking and then falling behind, peaking, falling behind. That's a base. So if it breaks out of this base, it could be very significant. And I think uh, we could be in great shape, you know, for the long run. All right. So we'll just leave it at that. And uh, uh, now let's talk about the bullish percent. As you know, we, we've talked about the bullish percent uh, numerous times. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it, it's one of those situations where uh, what we find is a scenario where I think you'll find that over the course of the uh, time, it, it's a risk. It'll contain your risk parameters, okay? So right now, uh, we look at this thing, and we go from 0 to 100. And when we get over 70, that's the red zone. Uh, and that is when things are too hot to handle. That's when everybody's talking about their portfolio. And, uh, you know, that's when you should be – uh, more careful. Let's put it that way. Okay. And the, I think the, the other thing is you have to look at uh, uh, when we get below 30 and that's when everybody's crying in their beard and that's when you should be buying. Okay. Right now we're at 68.5. We're up there. Okay. We have 7% this week. So that is a, you know, a pretty big uh, uh, scenario where uh you know, we're getting up there. We're very close. Now, we're still in a column of X's, which is a good thing. And I, I think that uh, everybody's going to keep that in mind, too. But uh, you also have to be smart enough to say, hey, um, look, you know, we're we're up there. OK, so you want to buy things on pullback. You don't want to be chasing anything, uh, although I think uh, things could get very, very interesting uh, sometime in the near future. And we'll see what happens. But uh, in the meantime. I think, you know, the best thing to do right now is to be taking a look at your portfolio and saying, okay, what's working, what's not working. All right. And uh, I will leave it at that. Now, I did. Uh, oops. Uh, we did see a couple things happen this week um, that I thought was interesting. Um, first of all, on a regional bank basis, we did. They went to a buy signal for the first time in a long, long time. And I think that that uh, is very, very interesting. OK, so regional banks have broken out and that's that's good. But I looked at all the major indexes and the indexes were in a situation where I think that you, what you'll find is is that they uh, they had uh, quite a bit of. Uh, we'll just call it flat momentum. OK, so not positive momentum, not negative momentum. So, look, I think the leaders are lagging right now, and the laggards are leading, okay, which is interesting because, you know, we've been talking about the epicenter stocks for, you know, a couple months now. So I think that's uh, uh, very interesting, too. So, uh, look, I think a couple things. Number one, you need some exposure to cyclicals and to financials. And, you know, I don't think you want to overdo it at this point. I think you want to 
just pay you know attention to uh, you know what's going on and, and start to add them as you see them break out. Okay, because when they break out the new highs or they break out of a huge base, that's a big positive story. Now look, I also think there'll be some sloppiness coming up here, usually between the end of December, end of November, and the first couple weeks of December. People are taking tax losses. All right, so you'll see some some sloppiness, and right now. Some of the industrials, the cyclicals, you know, we've been talking about them for a while, that barbell approach that we've been talking about for some time, they are overbought, okay? And so I think what you want to do is, is as they come back to you, uh, and I, I've got five or six that look phenomenal on uh, on the chart. So I just think it's one of those things where you want to be, you know, paying fairly close attention to what's going on now, okay? And, and look, um, as I said, uh, you know, there's a couple of groups that are starting to look good. And these don't make sense to me, but I'm starting to see some of the small cap, uh, uh, well, sectors that shouldn't be going up are like the defense sector. And I'm starting to see the small cap defense sector move back up. Um, I think growth versus value is pausing, you know? So growth has been the leader for, uh, you know, that's what Jeremy and I were talking about. Uh, they've been the leader for forever. And I think you got to understand that uh, right now values picking up. And so we're getting this, you know, move back and forth. So, uh, and I just think, you know, you're, you're talking a little bit about gravity, <laughs> but the 10 year has retreated, you know, 10 year yield has retreated. So we don't see the breakout we are looking for there uh, because if everything's fine, the yields are going to break out. It's that simple. All right. Uh, now, I do think that uh, there'll be some uh, things that go on here that, uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks that we we won't be seeing, you know, that we won't like, let's say, let's put it that way. And and part of that is the fact that uh, we're going to probably see more and more of the small cap stocks. Remember, the January effect. Uh, is coming. And so what they're going to do is some of the small cap stocks that are starting to lead, if they're if they're from a base and they've been down a lot, there'll probably be some tax loss selling in it. And then in January, they'll spring, okay? Because we have the January effect coming, all right? Now, on the international side, I'm also seeing some of the international small cap indexes starting to lead too. So here we have the 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 international small cap stocks starting to move along with the Russell 2000. That's a big positive. Now, the Russell 2000 has a lot of those regional banks in there. Okay. So regional banks are another place like I talked about earlier. So think about that. So on the cyclical side, uh, you know, we'll be looking directly uh, at any, you know, buying on any type of correction on the international side. It looks like small caps and the emerging market groups are doing better than the bigger names. Uh, and by the way, I, I sent a couple people called in for our ADR list. Remember, they're bigger names. Okay. So just, you know, for all of you out there who have got the list, they're bigger names. The smaller names are doing better right now. So we'll just leave it at that. Now, we are, we are seeing some of, the, you know, like I said, you know, we're seeing some things that we haven't seen in a while. Regional banks go up. Uh, you know, we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, more or less uh, defense stocks. Who would have thought a defense stocks would go up in, in a in a uh, democratic, you know, presidency? So uh, maybe something's going on that we don't know about. But look, 
I, I think what you have to do is um, if you look at, like I said earlier, the XLK, the XLK has broken its uptrend line on a relative strength basis against the S&P 500. That's the top 50 technology stocks. However, if you look at the RVT, which is the equal weight technology, it's breaking out to a new high. So you have technology, and by the way, it's, it's breaking out a new high relative to the S&P 500 on a, a relative strength basis too. So, uh, so what we're seeing is a spreading out of the of the groups, okay, uh, which is you know very positive. And if if I looked at the RV uh, RYT versus the XLK, the RYT is, is breaking out again too. So. Uh, I'm having some problems with my computer, so I don't have the relative strength uh, data that you need today. So my apologies, and we'll, but we'll be right back. Uh, hopefully, we'll have this fixed up by the time you we uh, talk to you soon. All right, this is. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. They helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Jay Sekulow continues to see voting violations. The one in Pennsylvania, I think, is extremely significant. The Constitution says very clearly, unequivocally, that the state legislature will determine the various methods of how the election will take place. The legislature did make changes to the election uh, process. The problem here is that the legislature was usurped by the courts. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1420. The Answer, and on Radio.com. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. And I just lost. <laughs> we're having a little problems with our computers today, folks. So one of the uh, the uh, wonderful things about staying home uh, and doing your show from uh, from here without uh, any help. But uh, anyway, they, I, I think the key is is uh, we'll, we'll try to give you some good information for the last part of the show. Um, couple things. We always talk about insiders on this show. And uh, one of the things that we, we have been seeing lately is, well, first of all, let's talk about insiders because insiders know their company better than we do. And I think that uh, it's, it's fairly important uh, when you get involved with the markets that you understand that these guys are early, they buy big, and uh, that's what we want to, you know, be, be thinking about uh, over the course of the uh, the next couple of days, weeks, whatever it may be. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you, if you watch these stocks for a while, you should, you know, look, look a little closer. Let's put it that way. All right. So um, 
we had uh, on our our list here uh, that Berkshire Hathaway. By the way, let's remind you that they bought eight to nine billion dollars, billion. That's not chump change, folks, of their own stock. Now I looked at it. That's kind of impressive, you know. Uh, and uh, so I think that you know you have to be be paying attention to that okay so anyway the the key here is is that uh, uh he did go out and buy some stocks here and uh it kind of upsets me because i've been trying to buy the one and i haven't had an opportunity to buy it and that was abby and uh you know abby is a uh, a spinoff of uh, abbott labs and i i got a lot of it from uh being involved with uh, a company called PharmaCycles, which we talked about on this show. As a matter of fact, we had a guy that used to work for PharmaCycles call in one time and, and say uh, he was surprised that I was talking about it. So uh, anyway, the key here is uh, he bought $1.8 billion of Abbey, Bristol-Myers, and Merck. And he sold a bunch of the financials, which uh, is interesting. He sold Wells Fargo. He sold... Uh, some J.P. Morgan, which uh, I, I was surprised. Let's just put it that way. I was very, very surprised. He also uh, bought uh, $276,000 worth of uh, T-Mobile, which is a pretty large uh, um, package, in my humble opinion. But uh, the fact that he bought Abby, Bristol-Myers, and Merck is kind of interesting going into a Democratic, uh, you know, if, there, if there's a possibility there's a Democratic Senate. And uh, also, with Mr. Trump announcing his, his information on uh, on drug pricing on Monday, you just wonder where we're going from there. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to find out the hard way, I guess. Uh, but I think the key is is that uh, you know we're looking at a scenario, um, you know, where we're we're having some interesting stuff going on. Let's just put it that way. I do think uh, that there'll be a uh, a lot of uh, talk about, uh, uh, you know, this this drug pricing uh, coming up here, and uh, oh, geez, I can't get my internet to come up. I apologize, folks. Uh, let's see what we can do here. Uh, here we go. All right. Uh, so anyway, I, I um, I'm going to talk a, a lot about insider uh, buying today, and uh, I've seen some things. Some big, big buys this week. So Organogenesis Holdings, uh, which is a drug manufacturer, Avista Capital Managing, uh, which is a 10% their director, they bought uh, $14 million, and then they bought, uh, I mean, there was several insider buys on this one, so something must be going on. Uh, and then they bought, uh, where was it? Um, another $179,000 worth. But we also had guys, uh, a, a ton, a guy named Wayne Mackey, he's a director, he bought 138000 and we had uh, Alan Adis, he's a director, he bought uh, $1.4 million, and then uh, Glenn Neustorf, I'm sorry, $1.5 million, almost one point six, and and Glenn Neustorf bought $1.62, uh, and Alan Adis bought another $1.1 million. so th there was quite a few buyers there. And then this is a controversial one, a multi-plan corporation. They, it was, you got to read about it. You got to do your own homework. But um, this, this gentleman stepped up and bought $4.9 million twice. His name is Michael Klein. 
And I looked him up. He's a pretty sharp character. So uh, that's, that could be big, big buying there. Okay. And then uh, Green Sky, uh, which is a little software infrastructure company, um, a guy named Robert Sheft and David Zalak, who's the CEO and chairman of the board, by the way, they both bought $3.834 million worth, uh, about a million shares. So it's like I said, it's not, it's a, it's a small cap one. So it's not the widows or orphans. Okay. And then, um, uh, we also had uh, uh, Kiros Therapeutics, which was at a new high, by the way. And we had two people, two directors, uh, a young uh, a, a gentleman by the Nave and, a, and another gentleman by the Nussbaum, each buy 60,000 shares to the tune of $3 million. Uh, so that's not chump change either. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's an interesting one. And then Avis. Uh, Avis, we had one, two, three. Four buys by SRS Investments, all you know, to the tune of about uh, nine billion dollars total. So that's kind of interesting. And then Sadar Biglari uh, bought Biglari Holdings Restaurants uh, at a new, you know, fairly close to a new high, which I thought was kind of interesting. And he bought twice. He bought uh, the first time was one point five nine million, and the second time was one point five one million. So uh, good, good. Uh, that's not chump change either. And then we. Uh, StarTech, which is a kind of a special business, at a new high, Bharat Rayo, who's a director, and Mukash uh, Sharda uh, both bought $1.45 million worth, which is pretty interesting. Now, here's a couple other things, because this is a financial. Morgan Stanley, we at a new high, uh, one of the uh, directors is uh, Oleyan. Uh, he bought a ton of stock, uh, you know, uh, over a million dollars worth, $1.1 million. And then, by the way, these are all—all all these stocks are showing up on my chart, so this is kind of interesting. But uh, we had an executive chairman of a little biotech company by the name of PLX Pharma, which broke out and went crazy. And then he bought the stock, so he bought a, a million dollars worth after it broke out. And then also Suru Capital, which is an asset manager, uh, we had uh, the CEO and president buy uh, almost a million dollars worth. So those are some interesting stuff. By the way, I, I forgot to mention last Friday, uh, Sadar Baglara uh, bought a, an additional $700,000 worth of uh, BH is the symbol. Now, I did notice a couple stocks that have been showing up on my charts, and I'll just mention those very quickly. Uh, G1 Therapeutics, uh, there was a big buyer, about $700,000. And uh, Articure, uh, which broke out last week, there was a buyer of $500,000 worth. And then uh, I'm not... Uh, this is Riley B. Riley Financial at a new high. We, uh, remember, they, bo- they bought last week. They bought again this week to the tune of half a million. So that's about $2 million in the last couple of weeks, uh, which is you know quite a bit. I'm noticing a lot of small cap biotechs. Okay. All right. So there we go. All right. So what do we do now? Well, here's what I would be suggesting. Um, you know, just Tim Hayes' thought process. And... Um, you know, look, I think the, uh, the the key here is that we've come a long way fast since the election. I mean, we're up, you know, look, the, the two weeks before the election, which I said, you know, uh, that was what was going to determine the election and the market sold off. OK, so, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes that happens. You, you get, uh, uh, well, I mean, let's put it this way, 100 percent of the time, if the market sells off the two weeks, you know, the last two weeks of October and the first week of November, the incumbent loses. 
hundred percent of the time. So uh, that's what happened to Hillary. That's what happened to Mr. Trump so far. Uh, I don't know. You know, we, we, we haven't uh, satisfied things yet here. So we'll see what happens. But I think the key is, is that uh, we're, we're looking at things. We've come 3,000 points almost on the Dow. Okay. So you want to be a little bit more careful, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, don't be chasing things. We got the bullish percent at 68.5. It's still in a column of X's. That means, hey, it's up there. You still got the ball in your hands. Okay. So the question is, do you throw the long pass here? I don't think so. Okay. Hand off to the fullback. Wait for the, wait for the plays to come to you. Don't go doing crazy stuff right now. Okay. Uh, that's the way I would look at things. I would also suggest that if you have, uh, uh, you know, fixed income, the desires to buy more fixed income, you got to kind of wait for the 30-year Treasury to break 1.8%. All right? That's the yield. The TYX is what the symbol is, which you can pull up on your phone probably. It's the yield index. So if it breaks there, then we're going to have a steeping of the yield curve. That would be very, very positive. Now, the question is, and with a lame duck Congress, are we going to have any kind of package that's going to help? Well, I don't think so. Now, we're starting to see some ex, you know, some economic numbers get a little soft, not terribly soft. But remember, the Fed threw money out the window. They threw helicopter, you know, helicopter Ben again with Mr. Powell. And the key is, is it takes about six months for that money to get here. So it's here. All right. Remember that. OK, so there we go. So what would I be doing now? Uh, look, I think a great idea right now is our dividend growth portfolio and our prime income list. Uh, dividend stocks have not been performing as well uh, over the last couple of years, and I think that's just about the change. Also, for you guys that have a business, the guys and gals that have businesses, that we have a business owner's guide to transition planning. We also have our women, our women's wealth product that I think it's, it's a great little brochure. It 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 just gives you some facts and and get some get you started to. Uh, dig into things for you ladies out there. And then the Savvy Investors Credit Workbook. I just had a young lady borrow against her account. You know, this isn't margin, folks. This is actual loan. So, uh, and and she's her, her next door neighbor is a problem. <laughs> so, she, so she bought the house is what it came down to because he was leaving. So there we go. But dividend growth, the prime income list. And remember, small caps are starting to break out. So think about small cap, you know, uh, the the small cap idea list or the, the multi-cap portfolio that we have too. So th those are all available to you. Don't forget. All right. So, Oh, and a wealth plan for, for everybody out there. You know, we have a wealth plan and it's online. It's interactive. There we go. In the meantime, have a great weekend, have a great holiday uh, Thanksgiving. I think it's going to be a weird one this year. Not many people are going to be together, which you, you can always be together in your own mind. Thank you for listening. This is Smart Investor Show. My name is Tim Hayes. If you'd like to get in touch with me, go to my webpage at WHK1420, local podcast, down to Smart Investor Show. Have a great weekend. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888 888- 223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. 
please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.